Okay, Smudge, it's time to learn a little bit of Module 8, Lesson 1. Ready, Smudge? Hey, Smudge, are you listening? Smudge. Oh, my God. Smudge, you're so silly sometimes. Okay, Smudge. The cardiac cycle is the movement of blood through the heart. And the heart's job, you usually think of the heart when you think of the circulatory system. Right, Smudge? Yeah, that's what you would think of. It, it's, it's like the head, it's, you usually think of it as a head on show, but like, it's really all the blood vessels and stuff. But the, you can't really live without your heart, though, still. It's still really important. It controls it all. It pumps it all around. But it's, it's to get, it's, its job is to power the circulatory system and get the oxygen to the lungs. The circular system, in humans, the circulatory system essentially makes a figure eight. See the diagram, number one, in your book. It's pretty sick. It moves the oxygenated blood out of the lungs and to the places that need it, and then brings deoxygenated blood black to the lungs to get oxygenated again. Now, oxygen blood, blood goes from the heart to the rest of the body, then it makes its way back to the heart, and then goes on a shorter circuit to the lungs for more oxygen and unloads CO2 before it goes back to the heart. So even though the heart fat powers it, the lungs are the base for the red blood cells, the postal workers of the circulatory system that carry blood and O2, CO2, carry blood. No, they carry oxygen and carbon dioxide. Air and blood, you know how air moves from high and low pressure? High and low pressure? Well, so does blood. Um, in a four chamber, we have a four chambered heart. Um, we have the left, the left ventricle is a place of high pressure. And it's very muscly to keep the pressure high enough for oxygen and blood to get the freak out of there. From the left ventricle, blood moves through the aorta. Insert the diagram. So that's that big garden hose thingy. And it moves through it from the, ventri the left ventricle. Then the arteries take the blood. So arteries always take the blood away from the heart to the rest of the body. So know that. Arteries take blood away from the heart to the rest of the body to oxygenate those tissues. Now, arteries are muscular and thick wall to maintain the high pressure as the blood travels along. And as arteries branch out, they get smaller into arterides, arterioles, arterioles, and finally little capillary beds. So in the picture, we've got our arteries in red, and then it branches off, branches off into an arteriole, then it branches off into capillary beds. And these, uh, orange in the picture, facilitate the delivery of CO2 through their massive surface area. Of course, everything is everything that is diffusion has to have a big surface area to help with that diffusion. Now, also where blood, it's also where the blood picks up carbon dioxide, and then there the blood keeps moving down the pressure gradient um, into the series of veins. Back to the diagram. The veins are the opposite, so instead of splitting off into littler ones, the little ones flow together to form bigger ones and bring deoxygenated blood back to the heart. Instead of being thick and squeezy, the veins have thinner walls and valves to present, prevent blood from flowing backwards. This is necessary because the pressure in the circulatory system keeps dropping lower and lower until the blood flows into two major veins. But real quick, think of this as like when you're digging water tunnels on the beach. You have to keep digging deeper and deeper until you reach the end if you want the water to keep flowing there until there's a point where you can't really flow any further. Now, the two major veins that they are flowing into are the inferior vena cava, which is the squig on the first diagram, the squiggly things. It 
handles the blood coming from the lower half of the body, and then the superior vena cava, which is the up arrow on the first diagram, and it sits on top of the heart and collects blood coming from the upper body. Together, they run right into the right atrium of the heart, which is the point of the lowest pressure. Circulate on diagram one. All deoxygenated blood is out of oxygen, clearly, and needs more, and is chilling in the right atrium, so it flows into the right ventricle, uh, which is squared on diagram one, and then into the pulmonary artery. So arteries again bling bring bling bling bring blood away from the heart. Even in this case, even though in this case it's containing deoxygenated blood, um, but pulmonary means of the lungs. So guess where it's headed? To the lungs. After the blood makes its way all the way to the alveoli and picks up fresh oxygen, it flows to the pulmonary vein, which is a red vein. So it's purple on the diagram. Why is it red? I guess it's to signify the two sides and which one's going to and which one's going away. Or which one's right and which one's left. But usually, red means artery and blue means vein. Now, the vein, veins flow to the heart, even though it contains oxygen and blood. It, so this is why it's like opposite on the thing. Usually, blue means deoxygenated blood and red means oxygenated blood. And this is where the common misconception is that your blood is blue at some time. It is not. It's always red. It's just a darker red when it's not oxygenated. Now, it enters the heart again and flows into the left atrium. And then it goes into the left ventricle. And then it does the whole body circuit again and again. So we are endotherms versus exotherms, cold-blooded. So endotherms are warm-blooded, which means that we maintain a steady internal temperature. And that is good because we are less vulnerable to fluctuations in external temperature. That's also good because the enzymes that do all the work in our bodies operate over a very um, small range of temperatures. 36 degrees Celsius to 37 degrees Celsius, like a very narrow range, which so that's why it's also good. But it's not so good because... Well, it's not bad or good, but it's just a negative. The endotherms have to eat constantly to maintain our high metabolisms and also create heat. This is just something that comes with it. For that, we need a lot of oxygen, hence the amazing, efficient, four-chambered heart and our gigantic freaking lungs. Now, a sign of complexity in organisms is the number of chambers that your heart's have, heart has, has. Fish have two, amphibians have three, <coughs> which means that amphibians have two ventricles and one atria. So that means not all blood gets oxygenated after one full pass. So it goes around like mixes back up. But it's not super efficient, but it doesn't have to be. Now, circulatory system functions are to transport, regulate, and protect. Transport gases and waste, regulate internal temperature and transport hormones, and protect against blood loss from injury and against disease, causing microbes or toxic substances. Now, there are three parts. To the circulatory system hearts blood vessels and blood we're just going to focus on the heart and blood vessels the heart pushes blood through the body with pumping and generates blood flow blood vessels are roadways and the blood carries nutrients oxygen carbon dioxide water waste and more materials through the body now heart and the blood vessels are the cardiovascular system the heart vessel system in <coughs> greek the heart generates about as much force as squeezing a tennis ball in your hand as hard as, it can, as hard as you can. The amount of energy that the heart needs to de generate the force for one con contraction, uh, multiplied by the contractions over 50 years of life, will be sufficient to raise an uh, over 1 million ton battleship from the water. So that's pretty freaking strong muscle. 
Now, a labeled photo of the heart. This would be the time to go look at your notes right now. I do not care. You should go look at these diagrams. But I will enumerate them anyways. But it's always the... There's two sides of the heart, and that's the most important thing. The the right atrium and the left atrium. Well, the right half and the left half both have atriums. Um, Valves, uh, ventricles, etc., etc. Arteries veins but basically the right side is deoxygenated blood and the left side is oxygenated blood so right side deoxygenated blood received from the body is pumped through from the heart towards the lungs the left side oxygenated blood received from the body is pumped out to supply the body's tissues now for the diagram itself so so far all we've had to know is the atria, which is there's two, the right atrium and the left atrium. They are basically one of the they're the upper two chambers of the heart that collects blood flowing into the heart. The right atrium receives blood from the systemic circulation, and the left atrium receives blood from pulmonary circulation. The atrioventricular valve is a membranous extension of a vessel or the heart wall that opens and closes, ensuring one-way blood flow flow located between the atrium and ventricle. So these are the things that make the lub-dub sound of your heart. It's when they open and close. Ventricles are one of the two lower chambers of the heart. Each ventricle receives blood from one of the atria and pumps it into systemic or pulmonary circulation. Blood flows simultaneously into the top two chambers of the heart, the atria. And atria contract in unison to pass blood through the atriocentricular valves, more commonly referred to as the AV valves. How would I remember that? I don't remember. I don't know. But then they pass blood into the ventricles from the heart. Now, the beginning of module 8, lesson 1, page 2, um, we start with the heart beats. Why does it beat rhythmically? It beats from 60 to 100 beats per minute, and when it, when at rest, which is the normal sinus rhythm, and during strenuous exercise, the heart can increase the amount of blood, blood it pumps to four, up to four t- times within seconds. The endocardium is the innermost layer of tissue that lines the chambers of the heart. This sheet of shiny white tissue also lines the body's blood vessels to help form a continuous lining through the circulatory system. This line, lining also helps blood flow smoothly and prevents the formation of clots. Myocardial fibers. A special cardiac muscle that can contract as well as conduct electrical impulses. This is specialized to the heart and not found anywhere else in the body. Punkinje fibers or whatever are specialized fibers that transmit electrical impulses to the cardiac muscles in order to induce rhythm to endure, induce rhythmic muscle contraction the the pumping the muscle is muscle contraction and relaxation is coordinated by picking jif fibers or pukine tissue located in the inner ventricle walls of the heart just beneath the endocardium or lining of the heart chambers these fibers are specialized myocardial fibers that conduct an electrical stimulus or an impulse that enables enables the heart to conduct that conduct an electrical 
stimulus your impulse and enables the heart to contract in a coordinated fashion. So this is like the heart's own brain cells. The essay, because if the brain was thinking of every heart movement, that would not be good. Essay node is the pacemaker. It stimulates muscle cells to contract and relax rhythmically, sets the pace for cardiac activity, and it's located in the wall of the right atrium, visualized in, de- in the diagram, and it generates an electrical signal that spreads across the two atria and makes them contract simultaneously. As the atria contract, the signal reaches another node, a V node, electri- atrioventricular node. The AV node transmits... Electrical signal through a bundle of fibers called the bundle of hands. Now, systemic versus pulmonary circulation. Pulmonary circulation occurs when... So pulmonary circulation I have in blue-green here. Pulmonary circulation occurs when the right side of the heart, which is typically blue, pumps deoxygenated blood to the lungs via the pulmonary arteries. Pulmonary veins bring... And arteries, remember, arteries move away. And a way to think of that is arteries away. A is for arteries, A is for away. Pulmonary veins and veins bring things to the heart and think of that by rearranging veins and it says VA. So bring oxygenated blood back to the left side of the heart to be distributed to the rest of the body through the arteries. Arteries again move it away from the heart. In the pulmonary system, Arteries carry deoxygenated blood and veins carry oxygenated blood. Arteries still move away and veins still move towards even though they're carrying deoxygenated and oxygenated blood in the pulmonary system. Now, systemic circulation involves the circulation of blood to all the other parts of the body aside from the lungs because pulmonary means lung. This is the portion of the cardiovascular system that carries oxygenated blood um, away from the heart. So what's away from the heart? Arteries. Out of the aorta, which is a big artery, so it's like a garden hose, to smaller arteries and arterioles to tissue capillaries in the rest of the body. So this is how you oxygenate the rest of the body. And brings deoxygenated blood back from the small veins and venules that become the larger vena cavae and returns deoxygenated blood to the right side of the heart. So... This is very important to look at diagram. A lot of this is visual the way you've got it set up here. Red or orange represents oxygenated blood and blue represents deoxygenated blood. So typically arteries are typically red, veins are typically blue. But in the pulmonary circulation system, it's kind of mismatched because this, the systemic circulation is how we distribute all of it from the heart to all the parts of the body and then back to the heart. That's the blood. And then the pulmonary circulation is how the lungs, how the blood gets oxygenated at the lungs. So like from any point, it could be that blood goes, let's say out of the aorta from from the high pressure left side of the lungs with oxygenated blood. And the oxygenated blood is distributed then to smaller arteries and artery, arterioles that goes into tissue capillaries in our skin tissue and there once there's no oxygen left it goes back through small veins and venules into the viral cavae vera vera cavae and vena cavae anyways back into the left side of the heart and then from the left side of the heart it's pumped away in an artery to the lungs because we need to get this deoxygenated blood away from the heart because it doesn't yeah it's not meant to be here it's meant to get reoxygenated so we use this artery to move it away back to the lungs then the lungs use a vein 
to bring oxygenated blood back to the heart because veins go to the heart and arteries go away. This is how the systemic and pulmonary circulation differs and work together. Uh, systemic is for your body system to get the blood. Pulmonary is to oxygenate the blood. So, now we know about arteries that carry oxygen-rich or oxygenated blood away from the heart. Arteries away, A, away, with the exception of the pulmonary arteries. Pulmonary arteries carry deoxygenated blood, blue, from the heart, which is away, arteries, orange, to the lungs. We also know about veins, blue, that carry oxygen poor or deoxygenated blood toward the heart. That's blue again, blue, toward the heart, veins, veni, vieille with the exception, again, of pulmonary veins. There are four pulmonary veins, and they carry oxygen-rich blood, orange, from the lungs, blue, because they're going from something to the heart, um, to the left atrium, which is orange, because the left atrium is where the concentration of oxygen in blood is. Because we're carrying the oxygen-rich blood, we're carrying the oxygen-rich blood that just got oxygenated back to, yeah, the heart. The left atrium of the heart, more specifically. But yeah, the heart. And blood, so blood travels from arteries. Oh, I forgot to highlight that. Orange. To capillaries. Which are very thin and fragile. And they're actually only one red blood cell thick. And are the blood vessels that network throughout your entire, whole, entire, whole, entire body. Arteries deliver oxygen-rich slash oxygenated blood to the capillaries, where the actual exchange of O2 and CO2 occurs. So arteries actually break down into smaller arteries and arterioles, and then capillaries. Um, and when the exchange happens, where the exchange happens, and then, well, the exchange actually comes somewhere else, a blank, but we'll find out about that in one second. And then the waste in CO2, blue, is brought back through the other end of the blank to the venules, the small veins, and to the bigger veins, and then back to the heart. The exchange actually happens in capillary beds, which is the blank, which look like the drawing I drew over the word capillaries and in the diagram of uh, veins and arteries. So systemic circulation moves in the following cycle. This cycle, this is the cycle of systemic circulation. So it goes, oxygenated blood is in the left atrium of the heart, goes into the arteries, and then into the from the arteries to the body tissue capillaries, and then now it's blue, goes to from the body tissue capillaries to the veins, and then from the veins back to the left, back to the heart. Next is the self-check and then the quiz. No, we still have a summary, but I doubt it'll be anything new. Okay, so self-check one is what are what blood vessels carry blood away from the heart, and that's obviously arteries, because A is for away. Second one was what blood vessels carry blood to the heart, and that's obviously veins, because vien. And the self-check three was compare the structures of the three types of blood vessels. And so arteries are thick and elastic to expand and withstand the force of blood coming from the heart, whereas veins are not elastic and have valves to avoid backflow or your blood flowing backwards, which would not be good. Blood would pull out extremities. Arteries expand as ventricles relax to keep blood flowing, and capillaries are very small and spread out in a network. I think capillary beds are called the network, and that the network that allows single blood cells to be exposed to individual cells. So an interconnected network of capillaries is called a capillary bed, so I think that that was the right thing to have said, and that's pretty cool of me to have retained that. It's time for the summary, anyways. No, this is a self-check. What? This is a self-check of all the parts of 
the heart and I have this here to do. So I should do this right now. But realistically, gah, I'll do it one time. Now we have module eight, lesson one, page five. So since we had three and four there, and this is page five, and it's asking me now to review my these diagrams. And very conveniently, I printed them out. So I got the aorta. There's the aorta. Now where's the? This is gonna be Claire trying to piece this together. This is the aorta on both. It's the garden tube three hold big ass thing coming out of the top of it. That's the aorta, right? Yeah. Now, apex is at the bottom of the heart. So I know that in the first diagram, in diagram A. So, now, what is that big, big thing? I think that is ventricles ventricles are the lower chain chambers so the, the right ventricle is that weird looking lined piece of flesh there on the a oh wait i'm not supposed to put that one back i have that one here but i can identify it on b on b they look like holes Left ventricle is a lot smaller though because it's meant to have a lot of pressure. Not here. So our right ventricle. Oh wait, they're the lower ones. The lower, lower ones. So it's actually not that part. It's actually the bottom ones with all those no. threads of going into it. So in the drawing of the second of B, it's that big cavity. Now the left ventricle is again, as I said. A lot smaller. Now where is my left ventricle? There it is. I think this is designated to be the left ventricle. Perfect. Now what is this? Shut up, Smudge. Now vena, the vena, superior vena cava. That's the very first vein on the top here. Because vena, vein. And they're coming back from the body systems to go to the right atrium. So we have the superior vena cava and the inferior vena cava, which are coming from superiors for the top parts of your body and inferiors for the bottom parts of your body as much as a fucking a pillow. Uh, cool. Inferior vena cava, I put that on the B diagram too, and where's the superior vena cava? Where do I got it? Uh, right here. And where's it? up at the very tippity top in blue. Now, left pulmonary veins are veins going, uh, yeah, these veins that are going, Which ones were the pulmonary veins? Let's just find the atrioventricular valves because there are two of them. Atrioventricular valve 
are a membranous extension of a vessel or the heart wall that opens and closes. So those are the valves. I don't have the pieces, but I know where they are. Atrioventricular valve, atrioventricular valve. Now, what else am I missing? What is this? Pulmonary arteries. There's a lot of pulmonary arteries. And pulmonary veins. Pulmonary is for the lungs. So it means that it goes away. So I would say that the pulmonary arteries are these two, two red things coming out of the side of there. Ooh, I might be wrong. No, I think that they're actually the blue ones coming out. Because even though they're blue, they're still arteries. Because they're transporting deoxygenated blood for once. Now, the right pulmonary arteries, sorry, veins. The right pulmonary veins would be the red ones coming out of the which ventri- uh, the right atrium. I think they connect there, but that's where they are. The left pulmonary arteries are probably going to be these blue ones right here. Convenient blue ones right beside the aorta. Left pulmonary veins are the convenient red ones right below that. I hope that this is the right order in which they're in of pulmonary arteries. Up there by the aorta. Left pulmonary, right pulmonary veins go right on top. Hmm. Pulmonary arteries or pulmonary veins. I think that this is right because I think that I cut the second one. Semilunar valves. Oh my god, I have to see this. I can't sneeze. I ow, that hurt. I hate it here. Why do people rub their hands after they get hurt? Things to think about. Okay, where does the semilunar... I think the semilunar one... Semilunar valves are pointing at the valve... One of the atrioventricular valves in the right side. I think that's the right side. It might be part of the left side. Just that big hole, that big one in the middle. Oh... I don't know what they're for or where they come from, but they're right there. Right pulmonary veins, again, right under the right pulmonary arteries. The red, red for veins for once, which is not common. Pulmonary trunk. Where did this come from? Where is the pulmonary trunk? I'm going to be honest, I don't remember that from the diagram. I also didn't take any much of a look at this diagram. Pulmonary trunk. I'm going to leave that one for last. Left pulmonary veins. Bam. Oh, I think I found the pulmonary trunk. I think that it's the big blue thing that comes out and divides into left pulmonary arteries. Because it's very big. It's like almost the size of the aorta. It's super big, It's it, but it's going, it's arteries, not veins. It's not the vena cava. It looks like it could be connected to the vena cava, but it's not. No. 
Also, is the left and right atriums, which are the top, and the left and right ventricles, which are the bottom, which means that the septum is the middle layer of muscle between the two um, ventricles, which makes a lot of sense. Ventricles, in, which in between the two sides of the heart, which makes a lot of sense to me. Now let's check our answers real quick. Where is the actual diagram? Okay, superior vena cava, check. Aorta, check. Left pulmonary arteries and pulmonary trunk and left pulmonary veins are all in the right place. Left and right atriums and ventricles are right. Inferior vena cava is right. Apex is right. Now, superior vena cava, um, this is the B diagram now. Superior vena cava is right. Right pulmonary arteries, left right pulmonary veins. Um, right atrium, atrioventricular valve are not on the thing, but they're right. Right ventricle, and then the inferior vena cava, and then on the other side, the aorta, the left pulmonary arteries, left pulmonary veins, semilunar waves. Oh, they're waves, not valves. No, they are valves. That does say valves. That still says valves. Anyways, semilunar valves, atrioventricular valve, and the left ventricle and the septum are all right. Now I'm also going to read the lesson summary. So in this lesson, you explore the following essential questions. What are the major structures and, the func and their functions of the circulatory system? And how do the principal structures of the circulatory system move blood through the body? The human circulatory system is made up of the heart, blood vessels, and blood. The heart muscle is a muscular pump with two atria that receive blood from the vena cava and pulmonary vein. Deoxygenated blood from the vena cava collect in the right atrium, while oxygenated blood from the pulmonary vein collects in the left atrium. The right atrioventricular valve opens to move deoxygenated blood into the right ventricle. Simultaneously, the left atrioventricular valve opens to move oxygenated blood into the left ventricle. The pumping action of co muscle contraction and relaxation is con coordinated by Purkinje fibers in the septum. Nodes in the right atrium collect and conduct electrical impulses to these fibers, which induce rhythmic muscle contractions. These give the lub-dub sound to the blood moving through the chambers of your heart. From the ventricles, semilunar valves open and close at, pulmonary, at the pulmonary artery trunk and aorta trunk. Deoxygenated blood moves from the right ventricle to the lungs, while blood that is returned oxygenated from the lungs is pumped through the aorta. Arteries such as the aorta take blood away from the heart. Veins such as the vena cava and pulmonary vein return blood to the heart. Blood moves from arteries to capillaries to engage in energy and matter exchange. Blood moves from capillaries to the veins and blood is moved back to the heart to be reoxygenated. Modulate lesson one. Glossary. Endocardium is the innermost layer of tissue that lines the chambers of the heart. So this sheet of shiny white tissue also lines the body's, the shiny white epithelial tissue also lines the body's blood vessels to help form a continuous lining through the circulatory system. This lining helps blood flow smoothly and prevents the formation of clots. Endothelium is, as you may remember, is simple squamous epithelial tissue and it's can it makes the lining continuous it makes a continuous lining continuous with the lining of the heart and this allows for a slick surface to help the blood to move without friction myocardial fibers are a specialized cardiac muscle that can contract as and can conduct and can contract as well as conduct electrical impulses and is not found anywhere else in the body it's like little um 
types of fibers that can work as little brain cells because your brain is literally too busy to do electrical uh, impulses right now for this purpose every second that your heart beats. Pulmonary is having to do with the lungs, and as repetition is key, the pulmonary system is is the opposite of normal. It's like veins carry oxygenated blood, arteries carry um, deoxygenated blood. It's when we re-oxygenate the blood through the lungs. Pulmonary circulation occurs when the right side of the heart pumps deoxygenated blood to the lungs via the pulmonary arteries, which are supposed to move blood away. Pulmonary veins bring oxygenated blood back to the left side of the of the hearts and veins, veins, are blue, to be distributed to the rest of the body through the arteries. In the pulmonary system, arteries carry deoxygenated blood and veins carry oxygenated blood. Whereas systemic, and I know it seems like I'm repeating myself, but that's the important thing, systemic means having to do with a body system in general, or just a body system in general. And systemic circulation involves the circulation of blood to all other parts of the body aside from the lungs. This is the portion of the cardiovascular system that carries oxygenated blood away from the heart, out of the aorta, big artery, artery, away, to a smaller arteries and arterioles, to tissue capillaries in the rest of the body, and brings deoxygenated blood black from the, back from the tissue capillaries, back from the small veins and venules, back to the larger vena cavae, and... Um, Returning de- to return deoxygenated blood to the right side of the heart. So it goes with the normal amounts of normal rule of veins carrying deoxygenated blood and arteries carrying oxygenated blood because this is how we distribute all this blood to the rest of the body body system. Riddle me this, why the hell is there a bird squeaking again? But anyways, Perkinja, Perkin, turkey fibers. I need to know how to say this. Spell P-U-R-C. P-U-R-K-I-N-G-I-N-J-E. Jeez Louise. I'm just going to have Google read and write. Read it out loud with me, and I'm not going to say the title. Horkinay fibers. Specialized fibers that transmit electrical impulses to the cardiac muscles in the heart to induce rhythmic muscle contraction. No, no, no. Shut up. Okay, anyways. So... Perkinje. Is that what she said? What did she even say? Perkinji? Pork and yay. Pork and yay. Okay. <laughs> yep. And these are a type of myocardial fibers, I think, right? Yep, they're fi- specialized myocardial fibers. So, the aforementioned magic fibers that can do electrical impulses and contract muscles yes sir featuring this bird he's just standing on top of the basketball net and squeaking one more added thing that i'm just now seeing on the quiz that will that was not brought up is tricuspid valves are i think the right between the right atrium and the right ventricle and bicuspid valves are between the left atrium and the left ventricle and this is how you distinguish between the two atrioventricular valves. Semilunar valves have three half moon shaped flaps. So basically, atrioventricular have three or two fa- flaps. Um, tricuspids have three, and bicuspids have two. Another word for the bicuspid valve is the mitral valve. Now, back to the assignment. Okay, modulate lesson two, page one. 
blood pressure. So arterial pressure pressure is the pressure blood exerts on the artery walls. Sphygmomanometer is a device used to measure blood pressure. Systole is a contraction. Diastole is a relaxation. Stethoscope is an acoustic medical device designed to um, listen to internal sounds of the human body. And a healthy person of average high, high end weight is typically has a blood pressure of 120 over 80. So this is the force exerted by the circulating blood on the walls of the blood vessels. It and the pulse are the vital signs. And the pressure of circulation, circulating blood is um, decreases as the blood moves through the arteries, veins, and capillaries. Now, blood pressure generally refers to arterial pressure, so the pressure in the arteries. A blood... A blood pressure cuff or the spiphagamometer measures the pressure of an artery in your arm. Blood pressure is made of two measurements, the diastole and the systole. The systole or the diastole, I don't remember. Systolic process pressure is measuring the peak pressure in an artery at the beginning of the cardiac cycle or, do or during ventricular contact. And the diastolic pressure is the measurement of the lowest pressure during the resting phase of the cardiac cycle or during the ventricular relaxation. A blood pressure reading is given by the ratio of systole over diastole or whatever. How do doctors view it? So like when you sit down to get your blood pressure taken, the cuff is fastened firmly around your upper right arm at roughly the same height as your heart. You're seated with your arm supported by the doctor. The cuff is inflated by pumping a small rubber bulb until the artery in your arm is completely blocked. And then you listen, they listen to with a stethoscope to the artery at your elbow. And the doctor slowly releases the pressure in the cup. As the pressure in the cup falls, um, a whooshing or pounding sound is heard to indicate that the blood flow has started again in the artery. The pressure at which the whooshing sound begins is noted by your doctor. So they block it off and then slowly release it and wait until they hear the blood flow start back up. And when that blood flow starts back up, that's when they know, that's when they note it down. Like what time the blood flow resumed at. An older method, which is still used today, is to have the cuff attached to a measuring unit on the wall and the doctor reads the height of mercury and records his number as a systolic pressure. Newer cuffs have a pressure gauge built in or are digital. The cuff pressure is further released until the whooshing sound can no longer be heard, and this is recorded as the diastolic blood pressure. So what do the readings mean? High range is anywhere between 140 and 210 systolic pressure and 90 to 120 diastolic pressure, respectively. And those are stages one through four, respectively. Average is 110 to 130 systolic, 75 to 85 diastolic, and that is low average, average, and high average. Low BP range, which I have, uh, apparently, systolic pressure is... So just above borderline threshold borderline low blood I mean, borderline low blood pressure is 90 over 60 so 90 systolic 60 diastolic and that would be borderline low blood pressure but then anything under that line um anything above anything below 60 60 and below is too low so 60 40 is too low blood pressure and 50 50 33 is dangerously low blood pressure Average readings in terms average readings mean that in terms of circulatory system you're in relatively good circulatory system health. Higher low blood pressure can indicate that some system in your body, possibly the circulatory system, is impaired and unable to maintain homeostasis. Um, in the next lesson we learn about factors that cause high blood pressure, aka hypertension.
Okay, page three. So heart rate is the beats per minute of your heart. Average resting heart rate is 20 beats per minute. On average, your heart will beat nearly 3 billion times and over 2 million liters of blood will pass through its chambers. World-class cyclists and gold medalists have very low resting heart rates of 20 to 30 BPM, like good athletes. Mine is 80, but I'm on meth, so how do they get such powerful hearts? Well, a heart is a muscle, so repeatedly, repeated activity that simulates growth of the muscle fibers can strengthen it, just like a normal muscle. Cardio activities that increase cardio are activities that increase heart rate like running, aerobics, weight training, and any activity that increases cellular respiration rates, increased oxygen, in quotes, increased, I mean, parentheses, increased oxygen demands to provide energy from oxidizing glucose will help that. So those are types of cardio, and that's why it does that. These activities um, make your heart beat faster, so the relaxing and contracting happen at quicker, so it's relaxing and contracting at different, quicker, quicker intervals, to increase the rate of circulation. So cell demands for oxygen and rising levels of carbon dioxide also can stimulate a faster heart rate as the body responds to a change in its environment. So if you have a less oxygen, like if you go up into the atmosphere, and that's why, yeah. Meanwhile, extra contraction of the heart serves to increase its strength and overall efficiency. With each contraction, a stronger heart will move more blood. Air mattress pump, so think of an air mattress pump. So if you push weakly, there aren't, it'll take twice as much energy in pumping to fill up a mattress. Or, think of a paddleboard pump, pushing very weakly or not as strong, twice as much energy in pumping to fill it up, fill up the paddleboard. But think about Matt pumping a paddleboard versus strong pumps make it filled quicker with less effort. In the same way, a strong heart pushes more blood with each contraction. A strong heart does not have to contract as much as often to circulate blood. So it's a lower heart rate and a higher work capacity. A greater work capacity due to intense cardiovascular training schedules elite athletes like lance armstrong um work at creating the most efficient work output and least with the least amount of energy and i need to do that too they achieve such a low resting heart rate due to the strength of the muscles their heart developed as a result of rigorous cardiovascular activities so self-check one relations between high blood pressure and heart rate so the relation between high blood pressure and heart rate high blood pressure is linked to people with elevated resting heart rates the heart is not pumping efficiently while the pressure is increased in their blood so blood pressure will increase slightly during exercise to accommodate the need for a faster uh rate of blood flow now Page four, cardiovascular disorders and treatments. A common disorder of the circulatory system is a buildup of plaque or fat deposits in the walls of the arteries. This disease called ardio, okay, arteriosclerosis has many symptoms. So I think of this as arteriosclerosis. Um, has many symptoms. Um, the patient may feel chest pain, experience shortness of breath, high blood pressure, the arteries keep shrinking, then a blockage may lead to a stroke or a heart attack. Lifestyle choices like smoking, lack of exercise, and high-fat diets greatly increase the risk of developing this exercise, this, this disease, sorry. It's like a garden hose. When you put your thumb on the end and reduce the opening, water removes at a greater force. Same principle is behind the increased blood pressure due to arteriosclerosis. Congenital means appearing at birth due to a heredity. 
genetic abnormality from or from a complication during a pregnancy. Mitral stenosis is a heart valve disorder that narrows or obstructs the mitral valve opening. So some circulatory system disorders aren't from lifestyle choices and are congenital, which means that they appear from birth. So congenital heart defects include the problems, problems in the walls dividing the chambers of the heart and in valves or in the structure of the blood vessels around the heart. Many of the defects are detected at birth through a heart murmur, like remember Mateo from Jane the Virgin had that, or blueness of the skin, which would probably mean that there's less blood there, or through, uh, or like less oxygenated blood, less oxygenated blueness, or through mitral stenosis. That's probably why your lips turn blue when you're cold, and why, like, because it's numbness. It's the same stuff as when you're, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Circulation makes sense. But also can be detected through like t- better through technology like a cardia cardiac echocardiogram, ECG which I had, and cardiac catheterizations. Better tech means better curing success. For example, um, in can- in congenital heart disease, is an example of congenital heart disease is mitral stenosis. Mitral valve is the bicuspic or we know it as the bicuspid atrioventricular valve, or the left side atrioventricular valve, the valve between the atrium and the ventricle, or the left side, is narrowed. So that means that more effort is required for the left atrium to pump blood through the narrower valve to the left ventricle. This means a rise in pressure in the left atrium. So the walls of the left atrium are thickened and the atrium itself enlarges. Because blood flows from high to low pressure, so, wait, remember, blood flows, flows from high to low pressure, right? This might cause problems. A back pressure may cause blood to move backwards in blood vessels, which bring blood to the left atrium, the pulmonary veins, which bring blood from the lungs. This can be identified as an extra heart sound or murmur when a doctor uses a th- stethoscope. Also, amount of blood leaving the ventricle is reduced. The heart doesn't pump efficiently, and less blood reaches the body with each contraction compared to a healthy heart. Some symptoms include fatigue, dizziness, and fainting. Ardeal sclerosis and mitral stenosis can be treated by surgery, both of them. Symptoms can be controlled by medicine, and technological advances in medicine have been refined to help people regain homeostasis in their body. But narrowing the mitral valve basically prevents the valve from opening, um opening properly and obstructs the blood flow from the left atrium to the left ventricle. This can reduce the amount of blood that flows forward to the body. Arterial pressure is... Okay, this is vocab time. Wait, 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 wait. Arterial pressure. The pressure blood exerts on artery walls. So this is what blood pressure really is. It's the pressure that the blood is exerting on the walls of the arteries primarily. So that's what blood pressure is. That's what arterial pressure is. Congenital, appearing at birth due to heredity, genetic abnormality, or from complications during a pregnancy. So this is not something that's developed over the course of life. This is something that happens as soon as the baby is born, like you are able to see it. And it could be heredity or just genes, a mutation of genetic abnormality, something that's not normal, or complications during a pregnancy. Something went wrong during the pregnancy. Diastole or diastole. I need to just know real quick how to pronounce it. It is diastole. Diastole. And what about systole? Systole. Okay, so it's diastole and systole. So diastole is the relaxation of the heart. That's pretty easy. 
Um, mitral stenosis is the heart valve disorder that narrows or obstructs the mitral, mitral valve opening, which which prevents the uh uh which prevents the valve from opening properly and obstructs blood from the left atrium to the left ventricle, and this can reduce the amount of blood that flows forward to the body. And the next term is Spigen. Okay, I'm just going to know how to pronounce this. I just need to learn how to pronounce this one because I can't keep using the wrong word for it. Sphygmomanometer. Sphygmomanometer. Okay, that's easy because it has mom in it. Sphyg... 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 Sphygmomanometer? Sphygmomanometer. Sphyg. So sphygmomanometer. Okay. Sphygmomanometer. So this is a device used to measure blood pressure. So this is the cuff they put on you, block off your artery by tightening it, and then they release it slowly and wait how long it takes, how much pressure it needs to be released before your artery comes back online. And they hear that with a whoosh. And then they wait until the artery stops whooshing, which means it's back to relaxation. That's the diastole. Yeah. Now the stethoscope is an acoustic medical device designed to listen to internal sounds of the human body. So that's pretty easy. Acoustic. I don't know. What does acoustic even mean again? It's relating to the sound or sense of hearing. Okay. That's what I thought. That's literally what I wrote. Okay. That's literally what I thought. That's literally what I drew on here. Anyways, it's a acoustic medical device made to listen to sounds. You know what a freaking stethoscope is. A systole is a contraction of the heart. So that's the peak. Yeah. Systolic is the peak pressure contraction. Diastolic is lowest pressure and relaxation okay now let's do the quiz so arteriosclerosis okay i need to know how to pronounce this arteriosclerosis does not significantly impact blood pressure that's clearly false males tend to have larger masses than women therefore male men generally have Higher blood pressure, that's probably false because I feel like that would lead to a lower blood pressure. Yeah, it would. That makes sense. Wait, no. It doesn't make sense. Blood pressure is higher in women, it says, according to studies. Okay, then true. A diet low in fruits and vegetables but high in fats are risk factors associated with hypertension. That is factual. Factors such as poor diet can affect the kidney, nephron. What is a nephron? Anyways, in its absorption and filtering of the blood, which can cause low, low blood pressure. Low blood pressure? I feel like that's false. But let me just search it up. Lol. Well, we need to. I feel like there'd be high blood pressure. But let's just check here. Be on that one page. That one last page that we were just talking about. 
Ew, what the fuck? Why does this joint look like that? That is gross. I did not want to see that. Where is, where is our circulatory system that we're learning about? Please tell me we're not gonna learn about the freaking nervous system. Of course we are. Oh, you are at the echocardiogram and stuff. Uh. Hmm. Where does it say kidneys? Where does it say kidneys? I don't know. So I'm just gonna guess because it's too late. So I'm gonna say that's false. A general trend is people to grow older is to gaze in which can contribute to the increasing average blood pressure. Yes. As person materials in walls lose elasticity between more resistant and more resistant. Yes, that's true. Research the facts associated with hypertension. What are risk factors and what are not risk factors of hypertension? Well, I don't think that high regular exercise is. I don't think that high fiber is, but I think that high salt is. I think that obesity is. I think that a family history is, and I think that alcohol use is. The following heart, bro, how do I upload my graph? The following question refers to the heart rate recovery exercise you performed from page three of the lesson in Moodle. After recording your heart rate recovery from either exercise or extreme. Okay, well then I guess I have to do exercise now. So my resting heart rate is 80, no, no, 77 bits per minute. Okay. I am on 72 milligrams of stimulant. And have autonomic nervous system imbalance though and low blood pressure. Sick. Okay, time to run around for exactly one minute. So, what's the time we're at on our clock here? Let's wait till we get to the stairs. Okay, 20. So, gotta wait. 1920. Welcome, gamers, to clear runs in circles and probably steps in dog poo. for 15 seconds. 15 seconds, starting now. Okay. 
Alexa, stop. Okay. So I got 53. Sorry. Yeah, 53 and 15 seconds. But let me see if that was actually 15 seconds. 